This episode is sponsored by Code Chrysalis, Tokyo's number one coding bootcamp. See what a Code Chrysalis education can do for your future. Change your life and learn how to code. All right, welcome to another episode of Tokyo Speaks. It's your host, Cliff. This is the second episode of 2021. All right, I hope everybody's out there doing good, staying safe, wearing your mask. Yeah, so our second guest, uh, actually, she reached out to me um, a while back, and now it's I'm happy to feature her on the podcast, and I'll let her introduce herself. Thanks for having me today. Um, I run a brand called Keluna, which is a fitness wear apparel made in Sri Lanka for Japanese women. And I think um, I'll be talking about this a lot later on. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you. Thank you, Yuna, for coming through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, when you reached out to me, I, I was just like, oh, I was I was happy about it because you, I think, I believe it was an episode you listened to. I think it was the one with, uh, what was it, with Angela? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you... That a part of last year, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And and you were like, oh, you know, um, I like what she said. And, you know, so I want to play this audio of uh, a clip of the episode with Angela. Because I think this is a big part of the theme and what you is going to talk about. You know, you know that you are empowered when you can reach out and help someone else. Mm. You know, when when you, I think it's actually very therapeutic to yes. actually do this. It Absolutely. really makes you feel strong. Mm -hmm. And I feel that best way I can support some of these children is by making them see that you're now this strong. Look what this situation, you know, mm -hmm. made you. Mm. But here's an opportunity for you to make somebody else feel connected mm -hmm. somebody else feel like they're not alone and that process is what i'm most excited about like providing with that clip played uh, i'm gonna allow yuna to talk about her uh, fitness brand okay so our brand's name is keluna and so basically, it's all made in Sri Lanka by Sri Lankan women. But these women aren't, um, they weren't working before. And so until 2009, there was um, a conflict which lasted for decades in Sri Lanka. And even though it's ended, there's a lot of women who are still affected by the war. And when I say affected, I mean like... Um, they're traumatized or like their husband or their son has been taken by the army at that time. And 
they haven't returned. So they're kind of filed as the missing people. So these people, like, they don't have their family, so they also have to kind of wait at their house because since their family, they are, they're always hoping that their husbands and son are going to come back, even though they might be dead. So these women haven't found a job since 2009. And I was talking to them through my previous work, which was with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and I was doing a lot of peace-building work there. And when I heard their voices... Um, at the beginning, they were like, well, we still want our husbands and son back, so we still have to be waiting at the house for them. But then as time goes by, they started to realize that they're not going to come back. But And then they also have to find a job to kind of sustain themselves because they don't have enough savings. And But they're, they're usually 50 or 60 or 70, so it's not like they can you know, find a job from zero suddenly and it's not like they have any qualifications or skills or anything so I decided to work with them and we had um, several training courses for them to be able to sew and to understand what fashion is about and like to be able to create patterns and to you know understand fabric and such and then uh, we started making fitness wearers from 2017 and I was still in Sri Lanka then so I wasn't actually um, selling it in Japan I was just still preparing for the brand to launch and um, so it's 12 people now it was 30 at the beginning but now it's 12 people and since 2019 the foundation in Sri Lanka was kind of already set so I decided to launch it in Japan as an actual brand and while doing so I didn't want it to be a brand where it's like um, if you buy these products you can kind of help the people in Sri Lanka because mm. it's not like they need to be helped it's not like they're not happy or anything they just wanted they just needed an opportunity to be able to work so I thought like what are the messages that the Sri Lankan women can send to the Japanese women and then I thought it's about like uh, diversity and beauty because in Japan it's pretty rigid it's like the thinner the better or like if you're mm. pale you know you're beautiful if you're thin you're beautiful and it's like the more you lose weight the better and I always had a feeling that's really unhealthy towards a lot of the young women and I myself went through a lot of peers whereas um fighting anorexia and such and at that time I didn't think fitness was a lifestyle I thought it more about like as a method to lose weight mm. And that was really unhealthy and I wasn't really happy at that time. So, And there's a lot of people who still think like that in Japan. So I thought if we could make these fitness wear apparels in Sri Lanka but sell it to Japanese women with the message of um, beauty comes from self-love and like diversity in body shapes. And we could also tell them that fitness isn't a method to lose weight but it's more about uh, lifestyle. So even if you're a plus size or if you're really thin or if you're tall or if you're short, you all have the privilege to enjoy fitness and that was the message that we wanted to send so we I wanted to empower both Sri Lankan women and Japanese women through the brand so yeah that's how Kiluna started awesome that's amazing <laughs> and you know when I when I read about you know your, your brand story I was just like wow that's that's a brand story that's <laughs> that's you. something that's um it's empowering it's it's uh you know it's it connects two worlds um, it also sheds a light on some harsh realities mm. that uh, Sri Lankan women go through. So, yeah. Does it operate in Sri Lanka as well? Do you sell in both uh, places or is it no. mainly in Japan? Uh, we just make it in Sri Lanka and then we sell it in Japan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So did you ever think about like selling it in Sri Lanka or is it? I thought about it, but then uh, actually not only Sri Lanka, but we're thinking about um, expanding it internationally. Okay. But at the beginning, I was um, I was prioritizing on sending the message to Japanese women that beauty comes from in all types of shapes and forms, and I think we've been able to do that in Japan. Uh, uh, for the past two years, mm. and we've had a lot of voices from uh, also Sri Lankan women and uh, saying that we really agree with your concept, but also a lot of um, Japanese women living in, for example, the states or abroad, saying that once they um, decided to live abroad, they noticed that the beauty um, conception in Japan is pretty narrow, and it's something that they're also, you know, willing to spread as well. So I thought. Yeah, we're trying to kind of make it a little bit more international this year. And you brought up a great point about um, Japanese women actually um, living abroad and then kind of, you know, realizing the differences between yeah. home and, and the current country they're in. Um, so let's let's talk about your experience abroad. Um, but you grew up in Japan, right? Yeah. Um, well, so partially. I was born in, yeah, I was born in Japan, but then I moved to the UK and the Netherlands while I was in elementary school, but that was when I was really young. So I don't really, uh, remember that much, but, mm. um, once I came back to Japan before entering junior high, um, that's when, I think that's when I started this journey with how I look. It's like everybody else was really thin, but I wasn't that thin. I was pretty much the chubby type. Mm. And when I was in elementary school in the Netherlands, I was never told that I was chubby. But once I came back to Japan, I was kind of characterized as like the bigger girl. And I never really liked that, but it just went on for a few years. And then I just really started hating to hating the way I look, especially like the body shape mm -hmm. of myself. And then I entered high school and college and it was always the same. It was like everybody else is so thin, but I wasn't. And then everybody's wearing all these short skirts and tank tops, but I couldn't because I didn't want to expose myself mm -hmm. so much. But then I went to the States for to do my master's while I was also working a little bit. But I was living in this share house with um, a lot of people. It was like a huge house. And there was a lot of people who were from the States, but also from Europe and all sorts of places around the world. And everybody was either doing their master's or working. So they always had to leave the house at like seven or eight. So what we did was there was a basement in the house. So at 5 a.m. we would always gather and do a workout at 5 a.m. all together and then leave for work or school. And what I realized is that I was definitely at that point, um, it was after I went through anorexia. So I was one of the thinnest girls there, but nobody thought I looked hot. <laughs> and uh, like all these girls, they were so muscular and then they were so confident about themselves. And, you know, they're just a larger size than what you would see in Japan. But everybody, like all, everybody was like, oh, you look so hot. You look so sexy. Like, I love the way that you are so confident about yourself. Whereas for me, like, I was definitely the thinnest one. But I was so, um, like, I was... I wasn't really confident about myself. And I think that showed a lot to like the people around me. And I think that wasn't really sexy because it's like I was always thinking like, how can I lose more weight and such? So then I noticed that like 
trying to look good or like beauty itself isn't about the shape, but it's more about having confidence in how you look.、Mm. And that's what I learned through that share house and all this workouts starting from 5 a.m. every single day. So, this concept was something I wanted to bring back to Japan once you know, my master's was over. And I came back to Japan and I kept working out and I built a lot of muscle. and... That made me feel a lot more confident than when I was losing weight and becoming thinner and thinner. And a lot of my friends were like, You've changed a lot. You used to be so chubby and then you went so thin and now you're so muscular. Like, why are you aiming for? But、mm. the answer was like, I feel the happiest now. Like, I'm not chubby, I'm not thin, but I'm gaining a lot of mu-、uh, muscle. And maybe that's not like the ideal form in Japan to look beautiful. But for me, like, that's what beauty was about because at, finally I felt really confident about myself. And then I thought, like, I really wanted to spread this message. Like, I wanted other people to feel the same way as I did. In the States, we, we also deal with this too, right?、Um, beauty standards.、Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's never been a thing to be big, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, to be a big person. You know, going to school, junior high, high school, you know, bigger people always get picked on.、Mm-hmm. So I think this is not something that's just exclusive to Japan.、Mm-hmm. This is, you know, a worldwide issue. Right, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Beauty yeah. standards. Yeah, I mean, self love, it seems really easy. It seems like when you put it in words, it seems easy to just kind of, you know, enhance yourself, embrace yourself. But、mm-hmm. in reality, it's pretty hard, I think.、Yeah. And especially, you know, when you have a lot of voices from the media, social media, but also like the television and radio, like, you know. And the Instagram models. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. And you don't know, like, what's the standard anymore. So it's pretty hard. So when, when you came back to Japan, what? And you started to, to、uh, promote your brand and you launched your brand. What were some of the responses from like maybe friends, family members? Right.、Um, so once I launched a brand,、mm. I got a lot of positive feedbacks from a lot of my followers, friends, family, because I think, you know, we all have different shapes and sizes and color, but everybody has gone through a phase where they're a little bit, you know, anxious about how they look or, you know, they're not. 100% confident about how they look. So、yeah. I think everybody was able to relate in some kind of way. And, but so our brand was kind of、um, aiming towards Japanese women at that time because I thought like the issue was more、um, deep for women rather than men. And so that's why our tagline was Empowered Women, Empowered Women. But then while, while I was promoting the brand, maybe after six months or so, I got a lot of feedback from the men. And they were like, We also have a lot of、um, issues with body positivity. And, you know, especially. Uh, it's like for us, it's more about like the height or like being muscular or like, you know, guys aren't allowed to cry or like you always have this image about how, how guys should behave. And guys are also struggling with that kind of image as well in Japan and also abroad as well. So, yeah, that's when I noticed that this isn't really like a gender issue, but it's more about like human, human as a whole.、Mm. So, from last year, we decided to kind of. Shift the brand for not just women, but like for everybody. And our fitness line right now, we only have a women's line. But、mm. like last year, we were actually going to do a men's line, but that kind of stopped due to COVID.、Mm-hmm. But then, so we decided to、um, do t shirts which were gender neutral. And like, yeah, so yeah. So for me, it was kind of、um, eye opening to get all these feedbacks from the men, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh, wow. So, for the men, their issue, you said, is height.、Um, 
um, I guess, size. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like in Japan, there is a phrase like joshiroku and like otokorasa, which basically yeah. means like joshiroku means women power. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you translate it directly, mm. but it's basically defining what makes you more girlish or like more feminine. But for me, it's like who decides that definition, right? Like what is being a female anyway? And I think it's about like joshiroku. Like if you say in Japan, it's about like having long hair or like, you know, being thin or like being pale. But like, I always saw like who who's the standard and like who chooses that female power joshiroku so that's also like something i wanted to conquer through the brand and the other one otokorasa like when when it's translated it means like being a guy like but like there's no english word for that yeah and it's but it's just a phrase in japan that everybody uses all the time and it's just strange because who makes the definition of like what you look or how you behave, right? So, yeah, I wanted to raise that issue through the brand as well, definitely. What, what do you think about like um, what's her name? The the like plus size uh, entertainer in Jap- Japan? Watanabe Naomi. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think she's a really good movement because maybe about ten years ago, like that wouldn't have been on like it wouldn't have been accepted in the Japanese society. But, like, she has so many followers and, like, she's also one of the models for, you know, Kate Spade. Mm. And, you know, she's definitely bringing in a positive movement. Mm. And with her, I think the Japanese society has shifted a little bit. Like, it's Mm. becoming a little more flexible. Mm. And with social media... Um, with Instagram and all, like a lot of the people who aren't like the actual models on TV, they also have a platform to become their own model. And it's not necessary that they're always so thin, like, mm. you know, they're regular shaped or, you know, like whatever shape they want to be, mm. but they still have a lot of influence and they have followers. So I think if you look at it in the positive way, like, you know, a lot of people are having the spotlight these days and it's not just about being thin anymore. Yeah. You know, one thing I noticed, um, I don't know, I could be off a little bit, but I think it's great that she has, you know, she's accomplished many things uh, in the realm of entertainment. And she's a um, she's a source of inspiration to a lot of women in Japan, plus size women. But sometimes it kind of feels as if, I don't know, she's being used in right. a way Mm-mm-mm. that because she's big, like, oh, let's, oh, she's funny, let's. Oh, she, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's also, yeah, one way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that vibe sometimes yeah. when, when she's on TV. Yeah, it's, and yeah. It's like it's like they're kind of exploiting that, right, you know, right, Japanese right, media. Right, 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 right. And related to that, like, when, when we talk about body positivity in Japan, mm. I think the spotlight goes to a lot of the plus-size models or people like her. Yeah. But body positivity is actually a word where it has to include people for example who want to become big but cannot like the thin people who wanted to increase yeah but cannot or Mm. you know like taller people shorter people or you know like even uh, your if you're a tanned girl or Mm. not i think it's not just about the plus size girls but uh, in Japan, I think the word body positivity is still used to kind of highlight plus size, but it's actually has to be all inclusive. Mm. So when we're actually shooting for our line for Keluna, we try to use models, uh, not like um, professional models, but um, girls who 
had a lot of issues with their body in the past, but have kind of conquered that and learned self-love. And we use girls who are really, really pale, but also who are really tanned and also really tall girls and short girls. And of course, plus size girls, but also really, really thin girls as well, because Mm. we don't want to forget about them as well. So we try to include all kind of diversity in our photo shoots. And I think that had uh, the most positive feedback because a lot of the customers were like, with these photos, photos, it's really easy for us to kind of imagine what we would look like in these leggings and tank tops. And it also kind of sends the message that you're allowed to um, wear leggings and tank tops and expose yourself in a positive way, um, even if you're not like the typical model shaped type. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. That's a a great strategy there to uh, appeal to everyone, Mm -hmm. not just like you said, um, these, you know, not just grabbing an Instagram model or somebody who fits the beauty standard here. Mm. And then, you know, great, great. Um, so you talked about expanding internationally. Do you have a team? Or is it like who, who runs Kaluna? Is it just you? Um, so right now it's three people in Japan okay. and then it's 12 people in Sri Lanka. And then there is one person in Sri Lanka who's kind of in charge of all the 12 people there while I'm away. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you said you, you normally make trips back and forth. Yeah. So for the first two and a half years, I was based in Sri Lanka. So I was actually, you know, more there than Japan. But uh, 2019, I came back to Japan to launch the brand. And then my idea was to be in Japan for three months and then one month in Sri Lanka and then another three months in Japan. But in reality, it was one month in Japan, one month in Sri Lanka <laughs> like okay. that, because there's always some kind of issue that I have to uh, face there in Sri Lanka. But yeah, so and then due to COVID, I wasn't able to take the trip to Sri Lanka last year, mm. which kind of stopped uh it, it kind of stopped us making new products. But yeah. at the same time, because I couldn't go there, one of the leaders in Sri Lanka kind of got more independent because like, she couldn't rely on me anymore because I wasn't there. So she kind of became a really good leader because of COVID. So I think that was one of the positive sides that we had last year. You mentioned that you've had challenges in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you talk about some yeah, of those challenges? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, like, the, you know, the rules and common sense is different because, you know, we, we grew up in a different environment. And there's no saying that which is correct, but it's just different. Mm. So at the beginning, I had quite a hard time building a relationship with the whole team because, you know, it's just little things. It's like, let's meet up at 2 p.m. and then they show up at 4 p.m., which is pretty <laughs> standard. But then from a Japanese perspective, you'll be there at 1.30 or even 1, right? Yeah. And uh, so it's just these little things. But for them, it's like, why are you always rushing? Like, why are you always coming before time? Or like, you know, relax a little bit. But then for me, it's like, you know, we have a schedule, so I want to keep it. And then, Mm. yeah. And then there was also a time when... So in Sri Lanka, they prioritize tea time, right? Because they're famous for the tea as well. And then they just mm. like to have tea time during the day. And so one of the people I was working with, they disappeared at 
3 p.m. And then、mm. we finish at 5 p.m. So I thought she went to take a call, like a telephone call or something,、mm. but then she never came back. And then that <laughs> happened the next day as well. So I asked her, like, where did you disappear at 3? And then she was like, well, I go home to have my tea at 3 p.m. And then once it's <laughs> over, it's 4 30. So there's only 30 minutes left. So, like, I don't bother coming back. <laughs> but then, like, that's, that's like, unbelievable from a Japanese、yeah. company, right? Like,、yeah. you'll be fired. Like, so, yeah. But then to them, it's like, you know, this is natural. Like, we, we grew up like this. And then we also want to really, you know,、um, have quality time with the family. And then family time is tea time. So, you know, it's not like they want to always do work and family shouldn't come second. So they go home at tea time. And, you know, it's just these little things. But I think I had a hard time kind of un- fully understanding their culture. But if I'm actually building a work in Sri Lanka, I think I should be the one、yes. to kind of, you know,、um, Understand their culture and adapt myself to what they're doing. So I think, yeah, I'm able to do that now. But at the beginning, I had a hard time. But then there's also like robbers coming in, and then, you know, some of our stuff got just disappeared one day, and we just have to buy everything all over again.、Wow. But yeah, it just happens. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely important if you want to operate in another country. Yeah.、Um, And, like you said, you know, it, there's a lot of good things about Sri Lanka. And,、um, is there anything that kind of stuck with you about the culture?、Uh, well, that- I think,、um, so I think in Japan, a lot of people. Think work is work, family is family, and then they don't really mix work and private. But there in, in Sri Lanka, work is also family. So it's like,、um, You know, they really care about who they work with and how they work with. And that's why it takes time to kind of, you know, build up an actual team and community. But at one point,、um, so there was a terrorist attack in 2019, and I was still there. And we were all terrified because. It was still ongoing, and you know, like there w a s so many bombs, and a lot of people were affected. And so that's when, so I didn't have my family in Japan, bec-、uh, I mean, in Sri Lanka, because I went there by myself. So I was pretty、um, upset at that time because I didn't know like who to talk to, but I was still there. And then, like, all these women that I was working with, they were like, But you're family to us. So if something's bothering you, or if you're really scared to be by yourself while this terrorist attack is going on, Like, we can all stay together in somebody's、mm. house. And, you know, like, once they told me that they think of me as family, like, I was really happy to hear that because for me, like, they're also family to me as well. So that definitely stuck with me until today as well. And hopefully, like, in the future as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely different from Japan, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Do they ever want to visit Japan? Yeah, 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 they keep saying that, and I really want them to come. Or、mm. um, a lot of my customers say that they want to go to Sri Lanka and like meet these people who are creating the products.、Mm. And Sri Lanka itself, it's kind of an interesting com-、uh, country to go for traveling. So, actually, last year we were trying to create a tour for the Keluna customers to come to Sri Lanka and meet these women and like be in the same place and you know, laughing and actually having a conversation. 
location. And then they could also do like a custom made fitness wear while they're there. So yeah, that's what we were trying to do last year. But like, obviously, we couldn't Co- do it with the yeah. COVID. But once COVID goes away, this is like one of the things that we just we really want to continue to do. That would be really nice. Yeah. Whether they come here. or Yeah, or if they there. come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have some tea time. Yeah. <laughs> exchange tea. <laughs> Cool, cool. Um, is there anything else you want to put out about the brand uh, coming, you know, like in the future? What do you, you have any new projects, any new right? Um, so collaborations or anything like that? Yeah, so since, like, to be really honest, we can't make any new fitness wear right now without me being able to go to Sri Lanka. But okay. so last year we decided to do masks. And to do masks, we were actually um, recycling plastic bottles, which were found in the ocean as garbage, because that's also one of the issues in both Japan and Sri Lanka, actually being an island country. And so we wanted to make products which are, you know, good for the environment as well. So we started doing the masks. And we also did collaborations with other brands which emphasize self-love. So I think... Until I can go to Sri Lanka, we'll still be doing a lot of um, environmental friendly items this year and also collaborations. And we're also thinking of doing, um, once I can go to Sri Lanka, we're going to probably do um, a fitness wear by recycling bamboo because bamboo is also um, an issue in both Japan and Sri Lanka. So, yeah, those are the kind of things that are lined up for this year. Cool, cool. All right. So um, before we get out of here, do your social media plugs. How can people um, learn about more about Keluna and where can they follow them at? Yeah. So our Instagram is keluna.official and our website, which is also working as an e-commerce site, is www.keluna.com. Thank you, Yuna. Thank you. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. You can catch Tokyo Speaks on all podcast streaming platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, for social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all right? Basically everything. Basically (laughs) everything, right? (laughs) Except YouTube. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Uh, All right, so take care. Everybody be safe. Catch you next episode.